If you would turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 2. I do feel like the Lord has a word for us this morning. And if we'll deliver what God has given to us, if you'll receive it, I believe God has spiritual order that he's bringing to the room. The enemy brings chaos, but God's power brings order. That's why God ordains us. He brings order into our life. 1 Kings 17 and verse 2. Speaking of the prophet of Elijah, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Someone say there. If you were to read on in verse chapter 9 of the same chapter, God continues to commission the prophet. He said, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, someone say there. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he rose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there. Gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Are you there yet? Would you ask your neighbor, are you there yet? Are you there yet? Father, I thank you for the challenge that's already occurred. It's preceded the word. And God, I ask that you would continue through the simple thought that you would continue that voice that we've already heard at work in the room. Jesus, I ask that every heart would sense the reality of the moment that we are living in right now. But God, the opportunity that's coming along with it. Let this church be a city set on a hill, cannot be hid. God, I pray that light would shine into the midst of darkness. And God, that your word would be clearly heard this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you just make a personal prayer at the end of that kind of formal prayer for a moment? Because we don't do formal real good, but would you just let your heart out one more time? Would you just lift your voice and let your heart out and talk to God for a moment before we're seated? I mean, just like 10, 15 seconds of saying, God, hear my cry. Lord, see my heart right now. I hunger for you in this room this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. It's a definite distraction for people like me, so I understand why Where's Waldo works with kids. It's the cartoon drawing of a man in a striped shirt, not a jail shirt, camouflaged against the backdrop of sheer human chaos in a crowd. Um, I don't know if anybody's had enough time to find Waldo yet or not, but just for the sake of all of us, does this thing have a pointer on it? Oh, yeah, right there. There's Waldo. Is anybody, anybody awake yet? <laughs> You're lost in the chaos with me, aren't you? Welcome back. I saved us all that time and frustration. Um, <clears throat> so now that we've all, we actually did find Waldo one day. That actually, it was 2015, August the 3rd, 2015. We were on our way. 
to North American Youth Congress in Boston, we found Waldo. There he was. You can also see a much younger Brandon Pike, a derelict... <laughs> And Derek Larley, who's now married. Congratulations, Derek, if you're watching this morning. We love you and Maddie very, very much. Um, and then there's a gangster hood Lehman. I don't know what that's all about. I have no idea. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> Justin's at the front going, Dad, I'm going to kill you. Dad, I'm going to kill you. <clears throat> um, Waldo's a little easier to find these days. I don't know if you've uh, fa <coughs> seen any of the COVID and social distancing Waldos. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Mike. Um, but that's the Where's Waldo of today. Does anybody have any trouble finding him? I didn't think that we would. Um, where's Waldo? Uh, you know, there's Waldo right there. But my question this morning isn't so much about where's Waldo, but where are you this morning? If we were to back up the story of our text, it was wicked King Ahab who allowed and led the children of Israel to worship the idol of the God called Baal. So it's no wonder that the chapter opens up and introduces us to Elijah, this prophet of God, this man of God in a season of uncertainty for Israel. There was a spiritual showdown that occurred, the man of God with the God of the man, Baal. Baal was worshipped in the Middle Eastern communities, especially among the Canaanites who apparently considered him a fertility deity and one of the most important gods to them in the pantheon. He was also called the Lord of Rain and Dew, the two forms of moisture that were indispensable for fertile soil to bring about fruit in the land of Canaan. And so it was Elijah that came before the the, the king Ahab, and he said, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. He said, the rain's going to stop and the dew's going to be quit until I say it comes to pass. It's a definite declaration. It's not a, here's what I feel for the moment. Let's see if it happens word from God. It was a word from God that said, the rain stops and the dew stops. And if it shows up, you'll know that I'm not a man of God. You'll know that I'm not, uh, I'm not called by God. You know that I don't have a word from God. But God laid this whole introduction of Elijah out to Israel because he wanted them to be confident that when Elijah spoke, he was speaking on behalf of a God that was greater than every other God. He wanted that when Elijah spoke to Israel that they better listen and they better keenly tune their ear to the voice of God that was being given to them by the man of God. I, I don't want to make the same mistake that Israel would have made in the Old Testament of not hearing the man of God or not hearing the word of God today. I, I, I'm just wondering, is there anybody that has tuned their ear for the sermon this morning to hear the word of God yet today? Any, anybody? I, 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 don't, I believe that I'm in a room full of people that are ready to hear a word from God. And I prayed earnestly that God would give me a word for you today. I prayed and I asked God, don't let me speak my own voice. Don't let me speak my own words. But Father, I'm praying that your anointing would rest and that your word would be heard. I'm not remotely interested in being seen behind this podium, but I'm very interested on you hearing the word of God today. I'm very interested in God speaking to us this morning. I, I'm very interested that someone would leave and say, you know, I heard the voice of God Call me and challenge me in that room 
this morning. There was no wondering about the word of God that was coming. And, and so when he made that declaration, there's not going to be any rain or any dew. I'm sure that for the first few days, people just kind of chalked it up to the weather. Someone just said, well, that's just the way it goes. Sometimes here in Canaan, we'll ramp up the worship to Baal. We'll ramp up our own personal activities and our own personal agendas. But they may have done all that, but the rain still did not come. God's word was standing true with the man of God. The prophet had declared it, and now the sky was blue and the, and the ground was dry. Whatever was there for growth, you'd watch it as it slowly shriveled up. You'd watch as the grass turned brown. You'd watch as that whatever fruit was on the vine would shrivel up. And, and as the rivers were great, they became less and less. And before long, it was indisputable that God had spoken through the man of God. I'm not saying that that's why the drought we're in is why we're in it. Uh, I told pastor this week, I looked at the Nashville River and said, in 20 years, I've never seen it this dry. As a matter of fact, maybe this afternoon, I want to walk across the river and see if I can get from one end to the other side without getting wet. I do. I don't know if that's going to be possible or not, but here we go. But the, you know, in, in that, you know, it kind of gives us a little illustration of what things may have been like. And it's in that moment that God kind of brings the man of God and he moves him into that place. But the, here's what I know. I, I, it was the author and the preacher, Vance Havner, who gripped my attention and planted the seed for this sermon in my mind with his comment on the summary of scripture in this area. And he said this, he said, I do not believe that the ravens would have fed Elijah anywhere else except there. You've got a there in your life that God is calling you to. You've got a there in your life that God is commissioning you. I'm not saying that everyone's got to leave CCC, just so you know. I'm not wanting empty pews tonight because everyone said, well, um, Pastor Jack sent us all away this morning, told us not to come back until we get there. <laughs> but I do believe that in the supernatural realm, and I feel a challenge in the Holy Ghost this morning, that God is saying there is a place that we are commissioned to. There is a there that God has put before us. And we can't get there if we, all, if we only want to stay here in the supernatural realm. We can't get there to that place of provision. We can't get there to that place of promise. We can't get there to that place of blessing unless we're willing to get up and get out and get going into that place that God has called us to. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. But CCC, the word of God is coming to you today. We can't get there if we're content to stay here. We've got to go to the next level. we got to climb the next rung on the ladder. Come on, we got to take the next step into the future that God has prepared for us. And it may look like dire straits all around us. But God's saying, come on, let's go there. i got a question for you this morning, Capital Community Church. Are you? there yet are you there yet because you can't get there as long as you're only willing to stay here ask your neighbor one more time are you there yet 
I, I, I say, I, I don't know what your answer is, but I, I hope you're in transition. I hope you're on the way because there, there is a place of God's purpose. God has a there for you somewhere in the natural and in the supernatural realm. God has that place that he has destined and he has divinely appointed for you to be. You've got to get there. You can't afford to live here. You can't afford to stay here. Not when God's calling. Not when God's challenging. Not when God's saying somewhere on the other side of this circumstance. Right over there. I've got my promise waiting for you. Right over there. There's a, there's a promised land. There's a land of milk and honey. But you can't get there if you're only willing to stay here. I believe that's why God called Israel out of Egypt. Because he wasn't content. And he knew that they couldn't live there any longer. They had to go there. It was the tabernacle plan. God, God's been talking to us about it through pastor for the last few weeks. The tabernacle was portable. The tabernacle was temporary. Someone say a tent. The tabernacle was a tent. It was so that it could, those silver sockets and those poles was so they could pick up and move on and then put down and put it all back together until that pillar of cloud moved or that pillar of fire moved. God was not content with Israel staying in the wilderness. He wasn't content for them to stay in Egypt. He said, I've got promise waiting over there. So come on, let's go. Follow as I lead. Follow as I ordain. Follow as I come. As that pillar moves move with me this morning God's calling us God's moving us it's uh it's the COVID situation that's so dire because it just kind of locks us all down it, it gets us kind of content with our surroundings are we there yet has echoed in the cabin of every small car of every family that's exploring the Atlantic bubble in the last few weeks some three-year-old kid has said are we there yet Are we there yet? It's the quest behind the question. But it tells me something. At least they're in transition. At least they're on the move. At least there's something in them that says, you know what? I've sat here long enough. I've stared at these four walls long enough. I'm so sick of whatever, whatever we were stuck in in March and April. I got so sick of the inside of the house, I shoveled off the deck, fired up the deck heaters, and I was out there. <laughs> never, never did 50 by 100 feel so small. Stuck in the middle of our, our yard. I don't know how many weeks was that. Too long. Blotted it out of our minds. So why would we be content to stay in that environment in the supernatural? Why would we ever just want to sit here until we die? Wait this out. We were all complaining. We were all talking. We're still talking. I'm talking about it right now. Because it's just maddening. It's still the conversation topic because we hate being stuck in this place. But God's saying, come on, in the supernatural, you're not limited. You're not bound up. You're not isolated. You're not insulated. There's a place in me that you can go. Dive in in prayer. Dive in in the word. Get in service while we can, while we're here. Come on, I want to go further. I want to go there. Are we there yet, CCC? I can't be content to stay here.
We've got to go there. There. There is there for all of us. For David, there was the sheepfold. God made him lie down for a season. It was difficult for him. He had a warrior's heart. And his lazy, fear-filled brothers were out on the battlefront. But God has a time. David, get ready for it. Because he's going to send you there. He's going to send you there in the right time, in the right season. God's commissioning someone in the room. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. God's got you through this season. God's got you through waiting here until he prepared you to go there. And when you get there, you're going to have a word. Give me Goliath because I'm about to take his head. Give me Goliath because I've got a sling and five smooth stones that I worked on the whole time I was stuck here so that I could be ready when I got there. I, I'm, I'm just going over there. I, I'm getting ready God's got someone in transition today to get there are you there yet are you there yet for Daniel it was the lion's den three Hebrew boys it was a fiery furnace for Noah it was a construction site in the building of an ark while everybody else ignored his cry for repentance and his proclamation of the end of the world as they knew it they he just had to continue on they continued walking by but because of their willingness to go there, God used every one of those people. It was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's testimony toward all of Israel that God would stand with them. It was Noah that saved humanity. Come on, God needed someone not content to stay in that place, but to go to that next level. Are we there yet? It's no doubt the quest behind the common question that compels us to go further. Is that in anybody's spirit this morning? I, I, I'm asking rhetorical questions because I'm just wanting to stir something up in your spirit to go a little deeper in God. Come on, to go a little deeper than the sermon on Sunday until the word gets in us through the week, until we start diving into the word of God and diving into prayer because we want to go there with him. I thought this morning was going to be so calm. I thought 18 minutes in and out of the shoot. But there's just a pull in the Holy Ghost. Come on, are we there yet? Are we there yet? It tells us that we're going somewhere. You, you may not, you may have left all the familiar surroundings behind. You may have left all the comforts of home behind, but God's got a place for you. We're going somewhere this morning. The scripture says in, Psalm, in Proverbs chapter 3 trust in the Lord with all thine heart. How do you know when you get there? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. That tells me that this is a procession. This is progression. This is about moving forward. He's going to direct. He's going to order our steps if we'll acknowledge him. But if you just back up a verse, I already read it. But if you just go back a verse, it says that lean not unto thine own understanding. Lean not. You know what happens when you're leaning? If you're leaning, you're not leaving. If you're, not, if you're leaning, you're not moving. 
This is what the guys do at the Irving, drinking the coffee in the morning. They ain't going no, they're just sightseeing. Nice truck. They got there and they're good. They're good. They're going to solve problems. They're going to, they're going to figure out whatever's wrong with the whole world. They're just, they're, they ain't going anywhere. I'm not so interested in being this Lean not on your own understanding. Lean in on your own agenda. Lean in on your own calendar. Lean in on your own plans. Lean in on your own future. God's saying, you know what I'd rather? I'd rather be the guy at the gas pump getting ready to go somewhere. I'd rather be somebody that's saying, oh, I'm just going to fill the tank up because I'm really not content to stand there and watch everybody get somewhere. Are we there yet? Oh, no, we're not there yet, but we're on our way. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. We're going. Ah, somebody fill the tank up and get behind the wheel pull it in drive and say come on let's go I'm ready to go there we can come back to the music it was God that called Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldees as a matter of fact he said in Genesis 15 he said am I the Lord that brought thee out of the Ur of the Chaldees for a reason look to give thee this land to inherit it. God doesn't pick us up, displace us, get us out of our comfort zone just to drop us in the middle of nowhere to do nothing. God picks us up and pulls us out of our comfort zone because he has a land for us to inherit. He has a promise for us to receive. He's got something waiting on the other side. When we get there, we've got to be willing to get there. When Elijah got to the brook, the brook was flowing and he's probably wondering, well, where is breakfast going to come from? Where am I going to get lunch? And all of a sudden, and the raven swoops in. I'll tell you why. Because when you get there, God's going to take care of you. Whatever you lost over there, when you weren't willing to stay in that place, God said, I'll make provision for you. You're not going to lack. You're gonna, not going to miss out. There's going to be enough. I'm going to prepare for you. I've got it all planned out. My provision will meet you when you get there. But come on, let's get up and go. It can't happen in your here, it can only happen in your there. Jesus called his disciples, come follow me. What, I'll make you fishers of men. He called disciples and said, come, take up your cross. Jesus is always calling, no excuses. You don't have an excuse this morning, just so you know. I would, but. I'll sum it up. Lazarus was dead and bound up. And Jesus said, tell him, Lazarus, come forth. No excuses. Say, I'm so spiritually dead. Doesn't count. Doesn't matter. Calls here this morning. Say, I'm so bound up my past, my hurt, my hang-ups. You don't have a clue, Jack. I, I can't feel nothing. Doesn't matter. He said, come forth. See, I can't see what you're, I can't see it, I can't see it. Don't matter. Blind Bartimaeus. Ding, 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 ding. Alms. Ding, 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 ding. Alms. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Someone said, oh, Jesus, blind Bartimaeus, he's calling for you. Jesus like, tell him to come. He's blind. 
Tell him to come. He can't receive what I have for him if he stays there. He's got to get up. He's got to get out of that place. He's got to get out of that mentality. He's got to get out of that position. He's got to get out of where he's always, always been. He's got to get up. He's got to get out. He's got to get over here because over here he can't get there if he stays there. He's got to come into this place. Come on, there's a call right there. God's calling in the room this morning. I wish someone would just hear the call today. There was no excuses. If we're leaning on our own understanding, we can't get there. I wrote in my notes, I'll finish right one more point. I said, you're stuck if you're leaning. You're stale if you're leaning. You're still if you're leaning. You say, well, if you just get up and go. I wish you'd lift your voice together. That, that, that's a call right there.
Come on, according to the word, someone receive it. If you have the gift of the Holy Ghost, that was just tongues and interpretation of tongues. It's in your Bible. God speaks to us. Sometimes through the sermon, but sometimes through the gifts of the Spirit. That's how God's calling today. Would you heed that call? Would you stand together? Come on, stand, but would you stand up on the inside as you're standing on the outside? And then would you lift your voice even higher? That may be in that prayer language because God's interceding on your behalf or someone's behalf today. Come on, commit this morning. Commit. Commit to that walk. Come on, commit to that journey. You can't take everything with you. You got to leave some things behind that call. Come on, you don't, you don't need it anyway. That's why they unwrapped Lazarus, loose him and let him go. That's why Bartimaeus left his coat behind that definition of the old wasn't wasn't the identity any longer there was a new identity there's a new focus there's a new future would you just lift your hands and receive whatever it is that God has for you this morning we can lift the screen guys we're gonna sing in just a moment but but first let's just pray in this for a moment let's just pray into this for a moment Come on, don't get lost in the transition of the service. Let's just bring our thoughts into captivity. Let's just focus on what the Word of God is calling us to do this morning. personal in my family this morning God. you fall call me 